the Osceola, obviously, you have to go to Florida to get that. Right. I, but the the other three, we could have gone to other states, but everything was so limited because of his age. We couldn't we couldn't hunt in Colorado. We couldn't hunt in Montana. We couldn't where we have all these friends. We couldn't hunt in those places because you have to be 12 years old or have a hunter education. And my son's only four. He can't, you know, he, he can't, can't complete that stuff yet. <laughs> he, can't <read. laughs> he can't read the hunter education, right? right so Alex, Alex, where are you? Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb up in Eagle Seed presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm Red Bull Mike Grace. Wayne Locke is with me in the studio. Alex, I think, is going to be along with us a little bit later on as we uh, get into today's show. And uh, Wayne, welcome back to the program. Oh, thank and you. Welcome back to the studio. Yeah, glad to be back in here. All right, so uh, turkey season is over, and that seems to be the big topic of discussion right now, Wayne. And I want to say this. All right, there are people that are like, what's happened with the turkeys? We only killed 34,000 turkeys this time. Mm-hmm. And the number actually, you know, the exact number with the uh, uh, the uh, uh, spring season and the uh, youth season all together, 34,539. And let me say this. Before we get into what is wrong with Missouri turkey population. Right. Because in Arkansas, which is just to our south, mm-hmm. like everybody knows that people are listening somewhere else. Arkansas runs the entire length of Missouri. We have the same border for 600 miles or whatever it is. In Arkansas, they killed 7,000 turkeys in the spring and youth seasons combined. That's a big, big difference. It's a big difference in, you know, all that separates us is an imaginary line. Right. And, and, and I want to say this. There are dozens and dozens of states where they have turkey hunting mm-hmm. that would be thrilled if they harvested 34,000 turkeys in one season. Right. But it comes down to, you know, Missourians are spoiled. We, we got, we got we spoiled, and, we're, and I'm and actually going to touch base a little bit on that yeah, as, and as to why. <laughs> and, that, and that's kind of the thing. We, we did get spoiled. You know, it was back in 2004, we killed over 60,000 turkeys. Right. And we've been averaging around 40, well, between 40 and 45 for the mm-hmm. last few years. But this year, a big decline, over 7,000 less than last year. Right. So uh, now, and, and before the season, and we talked about it on this show, it didn't seem like there were as many turkeys. We weren't seeing as many turkeys, weren't hearing the gobblers we used to hear. Right. Right. You know, you sit around the country cottage cafe at lunch and uh, the guys at turkey hunt, you know, hey, you hearing any turkeys? Well, I heard about two. I used to hear 15. Right. I mean, uh, there's no doubt the turkey numbers are down. Yeah. I mean, just on my farm, just three years ago, there'd be nothing to walk out in the morning and have, you know, you hear about five or six of them in different directions. Right. This year, I have not heard one gobble. Yeah. And, and so, so we know the turkey numbers are down, but the point I'm making it's still pretty doggone good right. compared to the rest, most of the rest of the country. Yeah, even with our turkey numbers down, there's still people would rather come to this state than hunt their own oh. because our down is still better than their best. Better, yeah, well, right. perfect example. I just gave it to you. Yeah, Arkansas, Arkansas. Yep. Seven, just a little over 7,000 turkeys. Right. You know, our youth in Missouri, you know, we, we talked about that, killed over 2,000 birds mm-hmm. in two days. Right. <laughs> in Arkansas, they killed 346. I in still, the same two same two days, right? 
Same two days. All them kids were up here hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Right, right. And, and I also want to say this before we delve into this, because I know you've talked with the biologists, and there, and there are some things that they're going to do and some things that they, that they think are going on. Uh, almost everybody I know that turkey hunts killed at least one bird. Right. That is true. I mean, they're not going out there. You're not hearing the stories of, man, I got three and, you know, in a two week period. Right. But, you know, they got out there and maybe they worked harder for it. Yeah. But you're right. They they were killing them. I'm not going to say everyone, but right. the ones that got out there, spent the time, mm-hmm. did the homework, they killed at least one turkey. Right. And a big, big number of them killed, too. So so that's what I want to say about that. And and um and, and I'm not and I'm not sympathetic to the point that we're not killing sixty thousand or fifty thousand or even forty thousand anymore. So I'm sympathetic to that point for the turkey hunters. And I haven't seen the numbers from MDC how many turkey tags were sold. Okay, but I did hear one report that said that the number of hunters was way down, and that usually is a direct correlation. If you don't have the number of hunters, you're not going to have the number of birds harvested. And I, I am curious as to why the number of hunters went down. Now, obviously, last year, we expected the increase the because people were at right home COVID. with COVID. So they're bored. They're going out. Right. Well, a lot of people may have been hearing the stories down at the uh, coffee house that, well, there aren't any birds. Well, why waste why, money on a tag? I'm not going to get one anyway. Right. Anyway, but, so what have you got? I know you talked to a yeah, turkey we talked to, uh I talked to, uh, you know, we talked to Rihanna Tile um, from MDC. She's a turkey biologist. And... You know, one of the things that she had brought up was the things that MDC is looking at that may be causing this population problem is that there's a few different points she, that was made that she made. One was they had the restoration project going on in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Mm-hmm. With that restoration project, as those birds were reintroduced, the amount of food and, and bedding available in that was tremendous. Yeah. So yeah. those birds just exploded. Thrived. They, thrived. they thrived. They exploded. Yeah. And actually, they ended up overshooting the carrying capacity. Mm-hmm. And so in about the, um, the mid-2000s is when they were expecting what they call a plateau because the right. birds started dying off. You know, there was more hunters. There was more birds being shot. We, it was some of our greatest years was in the 2000s here in Missouri. Right. And uh, as you just pointed out. But now they thought they were going to be hitting a plateau of where, okay, carrying capacity and population has now evened out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we should see the numbers. This is where we are. Right. This is where we are. And we should see these numbers stay, you know, pretty active in this one range. Right. But they're not seeing that. It's actually continually going down for the last five years. Right. So, um one of the things that they're looking at is the reproduction. Why is reproduction They've noticed that reproduction itself is down. The nesting sites, there's not as many nesting sites. There's not as many mm-hmm. eggs in the nesting sites. Right. So what they're doing is they're actually working with uh, University of Missouri, where they're going to be putting, and, and guys, if you see this, you definitely want to take a picture of it because nobody's going to believe you. But if you see a turkey walking in the woods, a hen with a backpack on, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is actually a backpack that you're seeing. Your eyes are not deceiving you. You did not sit down next to some funky mushrooms or something. Those are backpacks that they're putting on turkeys. And what they're doing is they're putting these backpacks on the turkeys to trace the bedding areas. They want to find out where they're nesting, why they're nesting there. Mm-hmm. And... You know, obviously, with the turkey having the, the, the brain the size of a pea, right. you know, they're not smart enough to say, hey, I probably shouldn't nest, you know, right here next to this river because the river rises. I'm going right. to lose my nest. You know, they right. don't think like that. Right. If they, they nest there, why? Because that's where the food is. They got to be close to water when they're nesting. They don't want to have to travel much right. and leave the nest. Right. Unfortunately, 
you know, when we've had these bad rains and stuff and look at northern um, Missouri just a few years ago with those horrific rains they had. Right. That's why their population was, you know, demolished sure. and it finally no went up. But right. No hatch. But that is one of the things that they uh, they're they're keying in on is that the the nesting is a problem and the fact that the um, with the reintroduction of the turkeys, the plateauing. You know, they expected it to go down because mm-hmm. we, we, I guess it was not just overshot by a little bit, but the turkey population by a lot. By a lot. Yeah. So Missouri hunters got spoiled, you know, and, and yeah. now we're seeing the effects of that. So, yeah, I think, and I think also the availability of nesting spots, because in this time, since the reintroduction of the turkeys, mm-hmm. we have gone from a state that didn't raise a lot of beef cattle, but raised a lot of hogs. I mean, Missouri used to be the feeder pig capital of the world. Right. Well, now we're one of the biggest beef producers in the United States. That means more pasture and more hay fields, and farmers have to have that. So they're clearing woods to create more pasture. Yeah, and it's, it's and another side to that, Wayne, because we're we're where well, we are out of time in this segment is the cost of fertilizer opposed to the cost of chicken litter, and it's been proven now that chicken litter will kill turkeys. So hmm. if you want turkeys on your farm and you're fertilizing with chicken litter, those turkeys get out and start pecking at bugs and the seeds on the that alfalfa or yeah. that Bermuda or whatever you're putting out, it will kill those turkeys. Wow. See, that's something I didn't know. But so, she had mentioned also about that and yeah. the fact that's why we lose on our quail and stuff because there's no fence rows anymore. Right. Farmers getting rid of them. Exactly. Yeah, because you have those big pastures need those for more, for those. For more yep. cattle. And, and, we're not, and, and we're not anyway being critical of beef farmers. No, not at all. It's just part of i love me a hamburger and steak oh my goodness it's just part of what goes on right and you know and those farmers have to make decisions do i make more room have more cattle make more money or do i leave for turkeys well it's a no-brainer yeah you're gonna you're gonna use what space that you own for your beef cattle right anyway we need to go to break Uh, we've got more coming up on the american roots outdoors radio show with alex rutledge and his friends in just a moment hey this is eddie salter and you listen to american roots and outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. A big old hill. Year after year. Got my hunting gear. Hornady Ammunition presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. And we want to welcome you back to the program. Wayne Locke in the studio. And as we promised, Alex Rutledge is with us now on the phone. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing good, Redbone. I'm actually sitting on, in my truck on the banks of the beautiful Current River here in Van Buren, Missouri. I got away from the office today and phone calls and got on the river with my dog, Coco. Well, did you catch any fish? You know what? I did catch some fish, but I did not wear them out. I did not catch a lot of fish. I caught about 15 smallmouth from about 11 to about, uh, I guess, 5 o'clock. 
and uh, the bite was really, really tough. Caught them on down baits and spear bait, but uh, had a good time just getting out, you know, getting away sure. and doing my thing on my own. And uh, that being said, the Ozarks is beautiful for all of our listeners out there. If you've never been to the Ozarks, we want to encourage you to come to the Ozarks. And uh, we've got a great show lined up, Redbone. I'm excited about this show, Red, Wayne Redbone. Yeah, I mean, we, this is a very unique show because uh, we got somebody on the line, uh, and Alex, you can you can uh, kind of introduce them and get that going. But somebody that's done something that nobody else has ever done. Yeah, we've got special guest Mr. Jesse Guajardo and his four year old son uh, Knox Guajardo. And let me tell you, this little boy can shoot a gun like you won't believe. Uh, Jesse owns a gun shop, and I want to introduce Jesse to everybody and tell you all how we met. I got a phone call uh, message from Kyle Graves, a friend of mine in Kansas, and he goes, hey, man, he said, there's a little four-year-old boy that's needing to get an Eastern Goblin, and he goes, I couldn't think of anybody any better that I want this family to go with. So Mr. Jesse calls me, and we get it all set up, and uh, so we've got him on the line right now, him and Knox. Welcome to the show, Knox and Jesse. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> You're welcome, Knox. I miss you, buddy. Are you ready to go? Are you ready? Right. Are you ready to go turkey hunting again? Yes. Okay. Here's what we're going to do here. I want everybody to know who Jesse James Guajardo is. Jesse, let's talk about where you was born. Well, I was born um, down in the valley in South Texas. Um, I spent, I went to high school in Montezuma, Kansas, and um, I ended up um, in northwest Kansas. Right now we live uh, north of Edson, Kansas. It's a real small town off the interstate, um, and we live out in the country. We, um, we Like you said, we have a little gun shop. Um, and we just love the outdoors. We love to fish and hunt. And, um, and I was going to raise, <laughs> I was going to raise my kids that way as well. And thank goodness my son Knox loves the turkey hunt. And, um, you know, that's how this whole thing started. We, uh, we went out just as a, as a father and a son to go out to get, his first turkey and um we got that accomplished and now we're sitting here on the radio with you <laughs> it's pretty crazy when you told me the story uh Knox and you sitting in the living room watching hunting videos and tv shows and Knox says one day dad i want to go turkey hunting <laughs> yeah he he's always loved to go with us and last year as a three-year-old he said he wanted to shoot a turkey, and I was like, well, I don't know, buddy. You're still pretty small, you know, and and he still he still had a lot to learn as far as gun safety and, and gun etiquette. And um, But the more and more I taught him uh, about it, I could see that he was really grasping the concepts and, and that he really did want to shoot a turkey. And so at four years old, we prepped him before the season, and – uh, we went down and we, we set up a, uh, a 20 gauge, a real short one. And we, we, uh, took off some of the stock so that it would fit him so he could shoulder the gun. 
And uh, we also set it up on a tripod, so that way he doesn't have to carry the gun. He just has to maneuver the gun up or down or left and right. And um, we also set a red dot on top of that gun, and he's able to uh, maneuver it left and right, up and down, uh, acquire his target. And he's, I mean, he did miss a few times with, just on some targets, but typically he's, he's right on, on the mark. When he, when he squeezes that trigger, he's, he's aiming and he shoots his target. If you're just joining our show, everybody, we've got Mr. Jesse, Jesse Guajardo and his four-year-old son, Knox. Mr. Knox, little man Knox, has accomplished the World Turkey Slam. He's killed the Osceola in Florida. He's killed the Rio out west. He's killed the Marams out west. And he just closed the deal on an eastern turkey in Kentucky with Mr. David Gordon and myself and our producer, Cody. Uh, it was quite an accomplishment and, and very heartfelt. We're going to talk about that as we go on now, along with the show here. But what we're going to do is we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what gives you the desire to go pursue the slam with Knox. Everybody, don't go away. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Waddell with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Wiseye presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Again, we've got special guests, four-year-old Knox Guajardo and his father, Jesse James Guajardo, who owns Jesse James uh, Gun Shop in Kansas. I had the privilege to go turkey hunting with these guys uh, this past weekend, and we hunted in Kentucky with a friend, and we closed the deal to, to finish Knox's Slam. So my question is to you, Jesse and Knox, what gave you the desire to want to take your son on the slam? Let's talk about that. Well, Alex, really, you know, when it first began, all it was about was just me taking my son out to, to get him his first turkey. Um, we really didn't think about doing the slam or, or even considering the slam at all. Um, I took him down to a friend of ours ranch in, in Texas. And, um, we had a really pretty tough hunt. Um, didn't see any turkeys the first day. And the second day, um, I was able to call in a Rio and we got this turkey, this gobbler in about 15 yards and Knox shot it. And, um, and it was one of the greatest feelings I ever had. And, um, and Knox was pretty pumped about it too. Did you did you have fun shooting that turkey in Texas? Tell him. I had fun shooting that turkey in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so so we got we got that done, and uh, and immediately I had a couple of my friends, you know, say, "Well, what are you going to do next?" And I really didn't think anything of it. And then somebody said. Well, you should consider doing the the Grand Slam. And so what I did was I happened to have a friend that lives in, in Lake City, Florida, and I called him and I said, hey, 
I said, hey, would you happen to have anybody out there that would be able to put my son on an Osceola turkey? Because I've always heard that that's the most difficult one to get because because um, it's hard to get, you know, permission on some land or whatever. And mm-hmm. so 30 minutes later, uh, I have a connection and they're like, if you can come out this weekend, we'll get you on a birch. And I asked Knox if he wanted to do that. And of course he always wants to fly out to Florida to see Snuffy and Amy. And, uh, and, and so we, we went out there and he shot his Osceola turkey. And I, and, and after that, I thought we got to finish this deal. Like we can't, we can't go halfway and not finish it. So we, uh, we made some connections in Nebraska for his Merriam turkey. We got that done. And then, and then we got a hold of you, and we were talking about flying out to Kentucky. And you're like, "Well, you know, the season ends on Sunday, so you're going to have to come out, <laughs> come out on Friday." <laughs> and it was kind of a a whirlwind of a month, but you know, it's like I've told everybody, you know, this has been a pretty expensive turkey season for us, but in the in the big picture of everything, it's priceless because. My four-year-old son completed the Grand Slam, and we couldn't be more proud of him. Well, I can tell you, you've got thousands of people that's, that's cheering Knox on. Uh, you guys have made a huge statement. Wouldn't you agree, Wayne? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. And I, I have one question, though, about the uh, when you were talking about the, the equipment that he was using. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering, there's no way we know he's not shooting a three-and-a-half-inch shell out of that. So, you know, did you have to do a special load? I mean, did you, are you toning it down and calling him in closer so he can handle it at four years old? No, sir. Um, So we have him, um, we have him on a 20 gauge shotgun and he was shooting two and three quarter inch shells. Okay. The apex, Alex would have to tell you exactly what it is. The ninja turkey load, the ninja ninja apex turkey load, eight and a half shot. Is what he shot his gobbler with in Kentucky, and it was a three-inch load. <laughs> Let me tell you, he laid that gobbler down. It even hardly flopped, didn't it, Jesse? Oh, right. Yeah, it um, it didn't flop hardly at all. But we, but the reason that we have it on that tripod is because I can place my hand up against that tripod, and it's clamped down into that tripod pretty sturdy so that the recoil, I'm able to absorb quite a bit of it with my arm up against okay. that tripod. It's still, it still kicks him pretty good, but <laughs> he doesn't. It, it doesn't make him think twice. He just wants to go shoot another turkey. <laughs> wow! So, which which one of the hunts, uh, uh, Jesse, and, and maybe even Knox would like to answer? Which one of the hunts was the most fun? Knox, he said, which one of the Hunt was the most fun for you? Uh, the Osceola. The Osceola one? The Osceola. Yeah, why, why, was that why, was that, yeah, why was that the most fun? Because I love it. <laughs> why did you like <laughs> it? I love it. <laughs> oh, he's smart. Man, he's smart as a whip. Wow. So, let me ask you, Knox. Can you hear me, Knox? Yeah. You didn't enjoy your hunt in Kentucky with me? Yes. <laughs> but 
makes you like the Osceola better? The Osceola. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Do you think Daddy's a better turkey caller than I am? Yes. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think I am? Okay. Okay, you think I'm better than Daddy? I think he just likes saying Osceola. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a lot of four-year-olds that can't say Osceola. Exactly. So, you know, Alex, uh, I mean, you've been around this for forever. And, uh, uh, I mean, four years old, killing the Grand Slam. I mean, that is hard to do in one season for most adults. Uh, but for a four-year-old to do it, this is just really kind of amazing. It really is. And I guess when I got the phone call thinking, okay, He's already killed three golfers, so he must know what he's doing. So Kyle Graves told me that uh, these were good people. Jesse and his family were great people. And I thought, all right, I'm willing to tackle this and take it on. I, I couldn't think of a better place to go for Eastern turkeys uh, than to go to my friend David's in Kentucky because he's got more Easterns than anywhere I've probably been in a long time. So I knew that David does his homework, and he knew where the turkeys was at, and he would have us a blind set up, and he had them figured out for us. So we went into the blind, and and uh, we done some calling, and we closed the deal on Saturday. And uh, it was about 6.35 a.m. when we done it. Oh, wow. All right, so, uh, yeah, I'd like to talk more about that hunt, but we do need to take a break right here. Folks, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. We're back after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you needed an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney. Wise Eye Technology presents American Roots with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Locke. I got Mike Crace in the studio with me. Alex is on the phone, just got done fishing, and we have uh, Jesse and his son, Knox, uh, who, folks, if you're tuning in a little late here, Knox is a four-year-old boy that just completed the Grand Slam, and yes, you heard me correctly, zero, four years old. And in a month. And in a month, correct, right. And as a dad that has a four-year-old at home, I'm going to have to talk to Jesse to find out what his secrets are to keep his four-year-old still enough to get a turkey in. <laughs> All right, well, Alex, when we, when we took the break, you were talking a little bit about the the hunt that y'all had in Kentucky, and we want to get more details on that uh, if we can. But uh, number one, rate Knox as a turkey hunter as opposed to taking somebody like, say, Wayne. <laughs> Wait. Uh, well, Wayne's seen several turkeys die, I promise you. Uh, with me, one spring, uh, traveling several states, we would see several, we're not going to say how many, but it's all legal because we've been blessed out in several states. But I, I am going to say this. 
Knox Guajardo has parents that teaches their children discipline. Knox minded as good a child as I ever seen in my life. Well, I'll tell you, he never spoke out of turn. When he was told to be quiet, he would be quiet. When he was told to sit still, he would sit still. This his children are very respectful and they mind. Yeah, that was Knox exactly the answer I was hoping to give. Four year old kid. Knox is very intelligent. And I want to say this. When you think of a four year old child accomplishing the grand slam, you're thinking, oh, these guys are rich. They're wealthy. Let me tell you, Jesse and Callie are just common working people like you and I, the listeners. And uh, he, he uh, went out on a limb and spent some of his savings to do this for his son. And the whole mission purpose behind this, one is he wanted to give back to his son. And I'm going to let Jesse tell that before we wrap the show up here. Tell us why you another reason why you wanted to take your son. And you told me that, and you actually got really emotional. Let's share that with everybody. Yeah. Um, the reason, The reason that... I am the dad that I am is because um, growing up, I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a father. Um, he was never there. Um, and I mean that because he decided to leave us. Um, and so growing up, I always knew that I wanted to be the best dad that I could be. And, um, and the way that I know how to be the best dad that I can be is to spend time with my son, teach him the things that nobody was ever there to teach me and that I had to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. And so I spend as much time as I can with my kids, and I, I try, to, try to teach them the, 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 you know, like you said, I try to teach them discipline. I try to teach them respect. Um, I want them to grow up to be, um, to be good people. And so we try to raise them that way, and and that's really the biggest thing that, that I always have in, in my heart and my mind is thinking, what do I need to do for my kids to make them the best people that they can grow up to be? And I feel like spending time with them and teaching them the things that they need to be taught will encompass all of that. And so we've always just spent a lot of time with our kids and, um, you know, and some people think we're pretty hard on them, but, you know, I think that that's part of raising children is you're not really just there to be their best friend. Sometimes you got to be hard on them. Right. And so, um, so we, so Knox really, really respects adults and he listens and, um, and we have a great time doing everything that we do because, um, they're, they're well-behaved and, and, um, and so my biggest thing is I didn't have the dad, so I want to try to be the best dad that I can be for him and my other son, Cord. And my wife, Callie, makes this whole thing happen because she allows me to, to drag knock, you know, to Texas, <laughs> to Florida, to Kentucky, to Nebraska, just to, just to spend time with them and, and, um, and accomplish something that no other four-year-old has ever accomplished. And so, um, 
really it's just about spending time with them and, and loving them the best way I know how. Right, and they always say that the, there's always a good woman behind every good man. And it sounds like you, you found yep. one. Yes, yep, I got lucky and I found one. You know, Jesse, and he may not realize it right now, uh, but he will in years to come, I think. Uh, what you have taught Knox with this adventure is that nothing is impossible if you put your mind to it and, and try to do it. Because it would have been easy to, for you to say, well, there's no way a four-year-old is going to complete the Grand Slam. We're not even going to try. Uh, but you, you showed him through these actions that, you know what, anything is possible if you put out the effort. And uh, I applaud you for that. Thank you. Yeah, and he put out the effort. I tell you what, man, there was many early nights or early mornings and late nights, and uh, he definitely put out the effort, and he accomplished it, even though I had to wake him up a couple times in the blind. <laughs> but, uh, but he he was able to, to do it, and um, and we just have been super blessed and were able to offer him the opportunity so we're we're super happy and like i said before very proud of him yeah if i may add lib to this conversation before we wrap it up and go to our bonus segment on the podcast you know in our conversations i said what is one of the things you want to accomplish other than him getting the slam is it to to uh, brag hey we got the slam and jesse said no he said, the main purpose behind it is to share the outdoors with my son mm-hmm. because he loves the outdoors, but also to inspire other young children to get involved in the outdoors and hunting. And I thought, what a great answer. What do you think of that, Mike, Wayne? Yeah, I think I think that's a great answer. And, and uh, uh, you know, something that everybody should do. And I know, Alex, you, you, you took Mallory in the outdoors. I know Wayne is taking his kids. And, and I took mine, the ones that wanted to go, and um, I think everybody should should do that, and, and probably we should do more of it. But uh, I have one other question for for Jesse, and that is, was this totally about not getting the Grand Slam, or did you hunt on those hunts as well? It was totally about Knox. I actually have not shot a turkey this season yet. We still have a few weekends left in our season here in Kansas, but I told my wife, after he shot his Rio and we decided to, when we found that connection in Florida, I told my wife, I said, I'm not going to hunt until we get done with this deal. And, uh, and she said, okay, which she was pretty shocked because I'm an avid outdoorsman and we, we hunt and fish. And, um, and when we started on this quest, uh, we did not stop until we were done. And I was super like I said before, super proud of him. And it was all about Knox getting the Grand Slam. And like Alex said, we um, we are all about getting kids into the outdoors. Um, like you said, I own a gun shop. And if a, if a family comes to my place and wants to purchase a, a firearm for their child uh, so that they can get into the outdoors, we actually give that gun to them at cost. We don't we don't charge them any extra money um, because we feel like we need to do our part in getting children into the outdoors. And um, and if that you know if that comes at the cost of, of us saving the the family a few bucks, we are more than happy to do that. We also donate a lot of guns and fishing poles and different things like that to uh, 
to different organizations here around our community um, because we we really believe that people, moms, dads, uncles, aunts, grandparents should just get all of their children, no matter what age, they should get them involved in the outdoors. And so, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much our little story. We're we're all about our kids. Well, I do like how you said no matter what age, because I think Knox is a, a prime example that there should be, you know, I would love to see these states that have uh, age restrictions on getting your hunting license, you know, 12 years old, 10 years old, whatever it be. I mean, Knox is a perfect example that it's not, the, it's the kid, it's not the age that is the determination here. And, and Jesse, I'm sure you're probably a bit big advocate now, you know, in, in trying to get those uh, those laws changed. Absolutely, because that was one of the biggest hindrances because um, we could have gone to several other states to get his turkey, his Grand Slam completed um, as far as the Rio, the Merriam, and um, the Osceola, obviously, you have to go to Florida to get that. Right. But the, the other three, we could have gone to other states, but everything was so limited because of his age, we couldn't. We couldn't hunt in Colorado. We couldn't hunt in Montana. We couldn't, where we have all these friends, we couldn't hunt in those places because you have to be 12 years old or have a hunter education. And my son's only four. He can't, you know, he, he can't, can't complete that stuff yet. <laughs> he, can't read. he can't read the hunter education. Yeah, we're out of time here. Now, uh, I know we, and we're going to continue this conversation over on the, uh, on the uh, podcast, on the bonus segment. Yeah, and to uh, listen to more of uh, Jesse and, and Knox and their story, and we're going to dive into the, the actual hunts and how it lay, that, how they went down and how they laid these birds down and get some details on that. But to listen to that, just go over to the podcast, and if you missed any of today's show, you can hear the entire show on the podcast. Um, you just go to your favorite podcast carrier. Uh, click like, follow, whatever it is that, uh, depending upon which one you're on, uh, make sure you leave us a review. We're going to be pulling the drawing out for uh, Jesse's and Knox's episode here, and they're going to get a uh, shirt and a hat. And uh, we're going to throw in a podcast uh, a coffee mug with it, too, to go along with it for the winter. And uh, Alex, uh, go ahead and any last words? Yeah, I, I just want to say, uh, Jesse, real quick, anybody that's listening to this show, if uh, they can contact you, how can they contact you? How can they follow you and follow what's going on with Knox? So um, we have a Facebook page. Um, it's it's Jesse James Gunshop LLC, um, and then I can we can provide my email and phone number as well if people want to get in, get in touch with us. Um, do you want me to give that over? Yes, to yeah, right now. Ahead. Yeah. So it's, uh, my email address is Jesse James, J E S S E J A M E S. And then our last name, G U A J A R D O, at hotmail.com. And our phone number is 785 656 3653. Awesome. Phone number one more time 785 656. Three six five three. I would like to thank you for listening to American Roots Outdoors right here on the radio show. Again, if you have not signed up or not a podcast listener, we encourage you to listen to the bonus segment because we're going to break down each hunt 
and do a quick version of how each has unfolded with four-year-old Knox. What an accomplishment. Thank you guys for being on the show. And remember, everybody, share the outdoors with a child. Share it with somebody that you love. And our famous saying is... When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Jesse James Gunshot presents the bonus segment here on American Roots Outdoors. And our guest is four-year-old Knox Guajardo and his father, Jesse James Guajardo. And if you listen to the radio show, you have now joined the podcast bonus segment here. And we're going to break down each hunt and talk about uh, each state that they accomplished their goals. And just a quick version of the hunt. Let's start with Florida. Florida, tell us about the hunt, a quick version of the hunt. Okay, so uh, so we went, we uh, contacted one of our friends to get a hold of uh, somebody that could take us hunting out in Florida to try to get the Osceola turkey, and um, and that happened a lot quicker than what we would have thought. But we went out with Perry Pendergrass out in Florida, and we um, he set up a blind, and um, we got there. Oh, Saturday morning, about two o'clock, <laughs> we slept for a couple hours, and we got out to the to the blind about five thirty in the morning, I think. And um, we sat there for quite a while, and the birds were were really pretty tough to call, and um, so we weren't doing a whole lot of calling. Um, we uh-huh. we sat there till about oh about one thirty. And all of a sudden, a hen turkey came out, and Knox has got got all excited and was ready to shoot. And I said, "Well, you got to wait till a boy turkey comes out." And um, and so, sure enough, right behind her came came out about uh, three Jakes and then uh, three Toms, and I, and I just picked out a Tom for him. And I told him, "When that Tom gets close enough, I will tell you to pull the trigger." And he he has a red dot on top of his shotgun and, um, and it's just a little 20 gauge shotgun, but, um, he, we had this Tom come in close enough and I, uh, asked him if he was ready and he said, yes. And I said, is the red dot right on him? And he says, yes, dad, I'm ready. And I, uh, took the safety off for him and told him that whenever he was ready to go ahead and squeeze the trigger. And he did it and dropped that Osceola Turkey and, um, and, Perry Pendergrass was pretty happy about the whole situation, and, um, and so we got that done in Florida. Um, then we, well, that was actually our second turkey. The first one was actually in Texas. We went down there and hunted out of a blind. I mean, we, we've hunted out of a blind with all of his turkeys um, because it just makes it that much easier for him so he can have a little bit of space to move around. But sure. um the Texas hunt, we went down there um, on a Thursday, and on Friday, we went out all day. We went out in the morning, we took a break in the afternoon, got a little nap for him, and then we went out that evening, 
and we only ever saw one hen turkey. We heard a few turkeys, but didn't really ever see any. And then the next morning, we went out, and they put us in a different blind, and we we could hear turkeys gobbling around us, and I just couldn't quite get one called in um, first thing, like, out of the roost. But around 1030, we had a gobbler come in, and he came in to about, oh, 40 or 50 yards and was kind of hung up. And we got him. We got him called in about 25 yards, and he just was real weary of the, of the decoy. But he was at 25 yards. I had to move the entire tripod. I had to move Knox, and we finally got situated. And he got the red dot right on that gobbler. And um, and I, you know, same same situation. I just asked him every time, "Are you ready? Is the red dot on him?" And he says, "Yes, I'm ready, Dad." And I'll take the safety off for him, and he squeezed the trigger, and he dropped that real turkey pretty hard, too. <laughs> um, and then we went up to Nebraska. We had a pretty, we had a pretty uh, tough hunt there, too. Um, the uh, uh, Sam Brinkman and his helper, um, Andrew, set us up in a blind, and they thought that these turkeys were going to come out a certain way, and they just happened to not worked the way they worked and uh and so we ended up hunting all day saturday and didn't get a turkey but then sunday morning we got out in a different blind and uh i was able to call this merriam turkey off of these two hens and he came in and we actually got this one on video it's not the greatest video but we got it on video and um and he came into 10 yards and I tell you what, that little 20-gauge shotgun with a full choke at 10 yards put a hole in that Merriam turkey, but he dropped it pretty hard. And you can even hear Knox in the video say, Dad, he didn't even really flop that much. <laughs> there wasn't much left to flop. <laughs> Knox, come here. Why did, why did, he, why did he not flop very much? Because I hit him so bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a question for Knox real quick. Knox, where do you put the uh, red dot at on a turkey? On the head. There you go. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> on, the on the head. Take that head off. On the beak. Right on the beak, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now you're yep. down to hunting in Kentucky. And so then, yeah, and so then we went. You know, I'll let I'll let Alex kind of talk a little bit about that, how this whole thing happened. Okay, well, well anyway, we, we talked about it earlier. We met up, met each other for a mutual friend, Kyle Graves. Uh, Kyle, listen to this show. Thank you so much. You're a true good friend. Uh, we made arrangements, and, and next thing I know, I'm headed to Kentucky, and Jesse and Knox and the family are flying into Nashville. They're going to arrive Friday at 1 o'clock. Uh, we meet them around 1, 1, 1 o'clock-ish. We was out scouting and looking for turkeys, and we got them settled into camp. We went into an evening hunt that evening. We left camp around 3 o'clock, I guess, to an area that we knew two big stutters were spending time. And we actually made the turkeys gobble a couple times that evening, 
But uh, you will see in the video once we get it edited, the cows absolutely swarm our decoy and go licking on our decoy. Wasn't that <laughs> funny, Knox? Yeah. And it messed our hunt up, didn't it? The turkeys wouldn't come. Did it mess the hunt up? Yeah. Yep. So Knox took him a nap. They got in. The, they didn't have a lot of sleep either. Took him a nap while we're hunting there in the blind, and we tried and tried to get the turkey run the cows off three or four times, and tried to make a turkey come in. We couldn't, so we left and went back to camp. Got up the next morning. David said, "Hey, that blind. My camera's sending me pictures right now. Uh, there's Jake and some hens and some longbeards coming in. They've been coming in every day, and they're usually there by six thirty. So, Cody." Uh, Doyle with Eagle Seed goes with him and goes puts enough blind up that we could set up in beside the blind that Jesse and Knox was going to hunt in. And David had fed corn about 150 yards from there uh, throughout the winter for deer. It's legal to hunt over corn for deer in the state of Kentucky, but you can't hunt over bait in Kentucky for turkey. Mm -hmm. So we're set up in the road. Uh, where turkeys like to cross like deer, believe it or not, and they like to strut. It's a strut zone. So we get in a way before daylight's breaking light, and we're not doing any owl hooting or anything for a while. Then all of a sudden, I went to owl hooting, and, and we made a turkey gobble to the right. We made a turkey gobble to the left, but they all sound like it's a half a mile away. And I started calling a little bit. And the turkey on the left answered us two or three times. And we sat there, uh, Knox and Jesse in one blind, and Cody and I in another blind. And, uh, we'd call every little bit because the turkeys wasn't gobbling a lot. And at 6.35, we look up, and there's a gobbler walking out of the woods to the left, straight to the decoy, straight to our call where we'd been calling. And he kind of quarter struts to the decoy, goes straight up to the decoy, and we tell Knox, get on him, Knox. His daddy, I can hear him over there coaching him at about 25 yards. And Knox closes the deal. He lays that gobbler down with the apex turkey load, ninja turkey load, eight and a half shot. Hmm. Turkey didn't even hardly flop. Hmm. If you don't think this little boy can shoot, go to my Facebook page. We've done a live feed with him lining, checking his gun when he come into camp that day on Friday. This boy is a true true marksman and he's got a good teacher his dad's a great mentor and uh, everybody's listening if you want to take your child hunting i'm sure that you can call jesse and jesse will walk you through some of the things that he's done to prepare his son to teach him discipline but also to prepare him to make a good shot yeah, just, it, yeah it, it's just i a, would love to help people yeah, and I think it, it I think, just really is amazing. It is amazing. It's, he is the youngest person to complete the Grand Slam. Four years old. Now, think about that. And the point of this whole thing is not to say, hey, we got money. No, he spent his savings to do this. Yeah. But he's wanting to, to make give his son something that, uh, that will create uh, uh, a positive message to all children out there. You know, we're under attack under our Second Amendment rights. And with the world the way it is today, I think you've made a huge and bold statement, Jesse, of what kind of man you are 
And uh, if I was a company that had lots of money, I promise you I would be investing money in you and your son's future because you guys are going to be true spokesmen for the sport for years to come. We really appreciate that, Alex. Well, I, I have a question for. Yeah, see, I have a question for Jesse. Go ahead, Wayne. Yeah, you know, now that the, the Grand Slam is done, he's you know four years old. He's accomplished something that a lot of us are still trying to accomplish. I'm 53, and I'm still trying to get my last two birds to complete mine. But are your goals now? Are, are you going to shift it over to like some accomplishments now, maybe for deer hunting and stuff like that, or have you changed your your goals now? And you're thinking, you know what, the World Slam is not that out of reach now. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, actually something we were talking about today when I picked him up from daycare. He was like, Dad, are we going to go shoot another turkey? And I was like, well, no, not you're not going to, but I might <laughs> before the season's over. And uh, he said, well, what's the next thing that I get to shoot? Because is buck season coming around? <laughs> and I said, I said, we'll talk about deer later. But I, you know, I've talked to my wife about it, and I've even talked to Alex a little bit about it. You know, we, we would really like to try to get Knox um, to to get his uh, Royal Slam, um, and that would be to add the Gould Turkey to that. Yep. Uh-huh. And then we also would like to get the uh, the World Slam to do the os- oscillated turkey, um, oscill- oscillated turkey hunt as well. Um, but that you know that's going to come with some time and some savings and um, and we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Knox is going to be five years old next spring, and um, I've done a little bit of research, and I think that the youngest World Slam is twelve years old. And so, even if it takes us a couple years to accomplish the Royal Slam and the World Slam, Knox is probably going to be the youngest person to ever do the the World Slam if we're able to ac- accomplish um, the the Gould Turkey and the Oscillated Turkey. So we're really looking forward to that, but we're really not going to focus on that because I would really like to just have him be a well-rounded outdoorsman, you know. We're gonna we're gonna hunt. We're gonna fish. We're gonna we're gonna hunt several different animals. Um, and the whole the whole royal slam and the world slam is definitely something that we're gonna be looking at, but not necessarily the entire focus either. Right. Well, that's that's that, now that's a good father right there. He's uh, that, that is. at the importance of yeah. teaching yeah. the outdoors, yes, not going after a title. Exactly, exactly. And, and he's got lots of time to complete the royal and right. the and the world, and still be the youngest one to ever do it. All right, guys, that's going to have to wrap it up. We're we're out of time here on the podcast, though, Wayne. Yeah, again, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening to the podcast. Make sure you leave a review before you get off that podcast. Just click that little review button, leave us a five-star review, and uh, get entered in the drawing that we uh, were talking about earlier in the show. Uh, again, Jesse, thank you for uh, what you've done for Knox, uh, from all the dads out there. We appreciate it. Dad's uh, Father's Day is coming up here soon, and uh, you got a special little one right there. And, uh, you know, I, I can't uh, tell you enough. Uh, what it means as a dad myself to see what you've done with uh, with your little one here and how important it is teaching the outdoors to him. Well, we sure appreciate it, guys. And Alex, we, we really appreciate everything you've done for us. And Knox, do you want to say anything? Okay, tell him. Thank you. You're welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> we love you, Knox. We love your family and everybody. 
if you're listening here and you want to support these guys, they don't know I was going to ask this. If you want to help sponsor them and help them accomplish this other goal next year or the next few years, be sure to contact Jesse James Gun Shop on Facebook or email or call him. Again, what is your number, Jesse? 785-656-3653. One more time. 785-656-3653. Thank you again so much for being on the show, Knox. I love you, little buddy, and I can't, I can't wait to take you hunt to get out fishing. I know you do, buddy. <laughs> can you say when your roots run deep and strong? Can you say that, Knox? Okay. When your roots run deep and strong. When your roots run deep and strong. There is no reason to fear the wind. Amen. There's no reason to fear the wind. Oh. Can you, can you say that too? There's no reason to fear the wind. I can't say that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> There's no reason to fear the wind. There's no reason for fear the wind. Awesome. <laughs> there you go, folks. Thank you so much. God bless you all. And remember, share the outdoors with a child or somebody. It's all about passing on our great heritage, our great right of owning guns and, and, and hunting God's creation. Wayne, Red Bull? That'll wrap it up. That's a wrap. Thanks again, guys. 